Uh, open up your Bibles to Philippians because then we're not going to have uh, the Bible reading as such today. We're actually going to be doing a bit of a wrap of Philippians. Uh, what I've been encouraging you to do over this term uh, is to uh, pick verses and to memorise them. That would mean that if you've done that over this nine-week series, you would have nine verses that you would have memorised. Now, I'm a realist most of the time uh, and I reckon it will be nice if you just knew one. Nine would be fantastic, one would be great. If you've done none then I'm going to, no, we'll just encourage you to, to do it. There's no rules and regulations here but as we've been going through Philippians it's been clear hasn't it that uh, for us to know Jesus, for us to grow in Jesus, for us to know the joy of Jesus, uh, we need to know him first and come to put our trust in him. But one of the great, gracious things that God has done for us is given us his word to encourage us in that and to grow us in that. It's a wonderful privilege that we have when we open up the Bible, God speaking to us. And I think sometimes in the Western world we get a little bit blasé about that. Uh, and we think, oh yeah, there's the Bible. Great. Oh, they probably haven't got four or five of them at home. Maybe I've got more. Maybe I've got the Greek and the Hebrew as well. Maybe I've got an interlinear. Maybe we've got all this stuff there. We've got all this stuff. Well, not only that, we've got it on our phones. Uh, we can access it anywhere. We've got it so much that sometimes we don't access it, do we? Uh, we get a bit blasé about it. We think we've got it there. But I reckon it's great when we get into it. Uh, and when, it get, when we get into it, it gets into us and then into our minds and then changes us and changes our behaviour. We talked a bit about that, didn't we? We talked about how neuroplasticity, one of the things that our science has been working on is that the fact that we can change our neural pathways in our brains and you can actually teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, we can change the things and the ways that we've been thinking and God says that to us, doesn't he, in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. He says that we need to be thinking about all things, think about these things what's good, what's pure, what's lovely, what's true, what's excellent, what's praiseworthy. As we think about these things, then we start to live these things. So I've been encouraging you to learn a verse or nine. Uh, and then what we said last week is this week what we're going to be doing is going to give you the opportunity to share a verse that you've learned and then you can speak a little bit about what that has spoken to you. You've got an opportunity to share that and then I'm going to wrap it all up at the end. I could be wrapping it up very quickly, couldn't I, if no one has anything to say uh, or a verse that they haven't le they've learnt or they haven't learnt or they haven't wanted to speak about it. So, opportunity for you. If there's anyone who's got a verse, one maybe. John, do you want to sit where you are? Oh, what about I give you this? I'll give you this then everyone can hear you. Are we, Adam, are we good? Okay, there's uh, when I that struck me particularly that I love, it's a real favourite of mine, Philippians 1.6, and it says, He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And I was th thought about that. And you know, the scripture tells us that it was... I'll get this way. The scripture tells us that it was begun before the foundation of the world, that good work. And it was confirmed by the death burial in that empty tomb, when Jesus walked out of that empty tomb, it was confirmed. And it's going on now. And so he initiated it. He began it. We didn't begin it. He began it. 
Isn't that amazing? So since he's God and he can't fail, then that salvation that he brought into our lives cannot fail. It cannot. And I think, wow, what a promise is that? He began it. He'll complete it. That's, to me, extraordinary. He'll complete that work. So that we're a work in progress, and sometimes it can be a bit, you know, it can. But he will complete it. Because he's, he started it, he will complete it. That doesn't mean we've got a license to sit back. We have our part to do. So I just think that that, to me, was an extraordinary blessing yeah. and a promise. What a promise. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Good on you, John. Fantastic. Yeah. Someone's learned one. one Philippians 1 verse 6. Caroline. Um. It's the whole Philippians is that um, Jesus plus nothing is everything and um, the whole uh, crisis gain and that's all you need. And, um, but I, I think it also really shows us how, how we can live our lives through that and um, especially uh, chapter 4, um, how we um, should show his love. And I think there's really um, a bit of our purpose too because Jesus loved us so, so much that... And th that is what he wants everyone to know. And so the verse that um, I remembered is, um, let your gentleness be evident to all. Yep. And it's a challenge, but I really, to be always kind and show his love. Because, um, yeah, I think that's what we're here for, to show others his love as well. So that's Philippians so. 4 verse 3? Yeah. Five. five. Thanks, Caroline. Philippians 4 verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Remember in the first week we were doing Philippians and you said we can easily um, just pray for ourselves but you encourage us to be at work uh, as Paul does straight out in this letter to be thinking of each other and praying for each other that as it says in verse 2, grace and peace from God. So we're praying for each other for grace and peace from God and also verse 9 uh, that your love may abound more and more. So we're praying for each other that uh, will be good examples of love to each other and to the community which I thought yeah. was really great. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Gunny and Benjamin, Ben and Jen had their little boy married on Friday. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, for those of us who know us, the Ellies, we've had an extremely hard um, term, this term, just with um, family deaths and financial limits and um, work issues and things like that. And I think the verse that really stuck out for me was Philippians 4.13, Whereas um, it says, I can face all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm. Absolutely. It's a great verse, isn't it? In every and all circumstances and all situations, God can give us the strength to live for him through that and give us the strength to power on for him in that. It's a great verse. Thanks, Sam. Joan. Anyone that listens to TV or radio knows how much negativity there is in the world today. And it's really, really sad. But um, the one that struck me was, um, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things and the peace of God be with you. We come, we become what we think about. Yes. So we really need to focus on the Lord and not um, listen to the negativity around us which is so evident at all times so 
um, for really trusting the Lord. And um, as she said today, do not be anxious for anything, but just um, hand it over to him. So we need to do that in our lives as well as um, encourage those around about us to do that as well. Philippians 4 verse? Um, 8 and 9. Thanks, Jane. Karen. As we think about those things of going to weddings and going to the rugby and going to work and and we think about how God does strengthen us in all things that we do and um, to think about what is right and what is noble and I don't know where it's from, it's Philippians, but it said to always to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. 127. Okay, 127. So that covers us. That covers us. If, if, if that's on our heart and that's what fills our thoughts and we talked about the garbage that comes into our mind, if we put garbage in our mind, garbage is going to come out and um, we're all guilty of it. I know I certainly am filling my mind with garbage continually. So if our thoughts are admirable and thinking of those things and we are conscious of being representative of the gospel of Christ in all we do. Mm. That's um, what should be filling our heads. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks, Karen. It's a great verse. There's so many great verses in Philippians, you could almost put your finger in and pick one out, couldn't you? Uh, any others? Benjamin's got another one. Yep. We'll uh, give him more than one. I like the verse where it said, and this speaks to me, do everything without uh, complaining or arguing. Where's it from? Yeah. Uh, two verse... No. I'm testing it, 2.14. 14. 14. But, it says, but, but you knew what chapter... I was in chapter 2, I knew that bit. I was, my brain was clicking through the sections trying to work it out. Yeah, but I think it's a great encouragement because it's easy to... And we're saying about, you know, thinking about positive things and not, not being negative, but to, to be consciously doing things without complaining or arguing. And it goes on to say, um, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. And here's why, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. So um, it's not that we pretend or anything, but we make a choice to say that I'm going to do things without complaining and grumbling, making a choice to uh, rejoice, as in 4.4. In, uh, and he says it again, rejoice. It's really important. Make a point of finding a way to rejoice even in tough situations because that's, I guess, an example of trusting God. Mm. If we're trusting him and saying, well, as... Paul found, whether he was in chains or whether he was free or whatever, he, he determined to trust God in all circumstances. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it is a way to shine in the world that mm. as bad as things get and as tough as things get, we have a hope that's beyond the worst that it can get. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I go on with 4-4 where he says, you know, let your gentleness be evident to all, which I think is a really good yeah. verse. And then um, uh, in everything by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. Uh, and the peace of God, so there's a promise there, the peace of God will, which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and mm. love of Jesus, which I think is a great, you know, it's so easy to be uh, caught up in busyness and hustle and bustle of life, but to stop and to bring things to him and to trust him and um, to expect to find peace because in God's perspective, mm. yeah, it's, it's better than ours. <laughs> yes. Jen and then Ben. Um, I was thinking, I've been studying all of that and then studying a book on being anxious because um, for many years I've been anxious about 
things instead of giving them up to God. And he's really spoken to me about this. And from verse four, um, chapter 4, verse 4, right down to the end of that, to verse um, 9, which we've all talked about a bit, I really think every psychologist or, or um, psychiatric person that's dealing or counselling or whatever, what a wonderful section that whole is for to help people who are depressed or anxious or suffering from any of these things because it says first to rejoice. So that's a good thing, you know. You've got to find things that are good and right and, uh, and then down further it says that there are, you know, to think on these things that are good and pure and honest. And when I started to do that, I found it really hard to think, think of things other than praising God and about Jesus, but to actually think of, try and get your brain to stop thinking about rubbish and start thinking about what's good and pure and honest. And it was quite difficult. I don't know if other people found that or not, but I really found it hard because we're so focused on what's going on in the world or in our family or in our own lives that it's hard to get those things out and get to the pure and good things in. Mm. And so I really struggled with that. And um, also, I've realised that for many years I never trusted God. I'd pray about things and I'd take them back all the time. I'd take over the control of them again and, and, um, and I still do that. But now I say, oh, no, <laughs> I've taken it back over, God. I've done it again. You know, I, he's showing me, you know, that I'm still doing it. But to receive, what I've learned is to receive God's peace. There is a requirement that we have to do. And we can't have God's peace and we can't have, how about having that peace that no one can understand? What an amazing thing in trials, in traumas, that you can have that peace. And he says we can have it. But there's one thing we must do, and that is trust him. Because without trust, we don't have peace. You know, it's, it's just, that is all there is to it. And, and he's teaching me to trust him about everything. Things that we think, oh, that, how can that possibly be fixed? Or things like just the tiniest silly little thing, but... Trust is a must for us to grow. Yes. And so out of that, not I got more, not just the peace, but how to get to that peace and trusting him for everything. Yeah. That he's with us always and will never leave us right now. He is in us, deep within us and, and filling us with his presence. We just have to click into it. Mm. Trust is a must. There's a lot, in, uh, a lot of our confidence, isn't there, in, uh, in Philippians, and that confidence in who God is and what God can do. And we see that confidence in Jesus. Benny. Um, the one I've chosen to do, it, it has sort of a relief and sort of a looking forward to uh, aspect to it. It's Philippians 3, 13 and 14. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on to win, toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, having won in Christ Jesus. And I, and that's a very, that's always one which I've, um, it's something I've struggled with for a while. You know, I mean, I'm always remembering of stuff which I've done, stuff which I haven't achieved, stuff which I wish, stuff which I regret. But then you think about the, but then it's telling you you should think about what is ahead what good things god's got in front of you and then the ultimate prize which is heaven really mm. and 
being back with him and and that's pretty much um what that and yeah that's what that verse says and it it's a major encouragement for all of us to think well don't think about what you've done what you've failed doing what you regret doing stuff you've regretted just look look ahead you know there's good things coming up you know the ultimate prize is there mm. and you'll mm. get it one day so mm-hmm. keep thinking about that amen amen Good on you, Benjamin. So special, isn't it, as we uh, see what God does and as he speaks to us in different ways. And uh, Philippians is such one of those books that you... I mean, all of the Bible is great. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, but one of the things I think about Philippians is that there is so much in there that you can take the verses as you work your way through it and then just have them soak you and, and penetrate to you and change you. Uh, it's such a wonderful book for that. One of the things that uh, I, why, why I want to encourage you to have verses that are in your mind is because there are moments when you don't have your phones in front of you and even when you do, or when, even when you're sitting in front of the TV, your brain is always thinking and you're always talking to yourself, aren't you? Uh, we mentioned that the other week, isn't it? That the one person that you have with you the most is you and the person who speaks the most to you is you. Uh, your brain is always talking to yourself and so what we want to encourage you about what you talk to yourself about is what God says to you about himself and about you. And if you're taking God's word in and if you're learning that and reading that, then that's what's, that, that's what's pure, that's what's lovely, that's what's praiseworthy, that's what's most excellent. And then that impacts on how we live, doesn't it? And changes us and transforms us. Uh, so that's why I've been pushing you to take these memory verses uh, and hold on to them and have them. And I know uh, we get older and sometimes our brains don't work as well. Uh, and sometimes my Karuna ladies keep telling me every week, that Kurt, well, we can't remember that, Paul. But uh, they know, which one do you know? To live is Christ and to die is gain. See, so, you know, I give them help, but, you know, they still remember. <laughs> Our Karuna ladies out there, they're, they're, they're a wonderful bunch of ladies and they're, and they're taking God's word in and to live is Christ and to die is gain. Such a great verse, isn't it, too, that it's all about Jesus and it's all about Jesus now and it's all about Jesus in eternity. Uh, I'm not going to say too much more, but I'm just going to go quickly through maybe and just give you a couple of things that sort of pull it all together. I do think that verse that Karen mentioned, 127, almost is where it all hangs. So whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. I think the whole of Philippians sort of fits around that when you talk about the, the sense of joy that it talks about, when it talks about living for him, when it talks about persecution, uh, prayer, all of that hangs on this verse that whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of Jesus. It's a great verse to get up to in the morning, isn't it? As you head off on that road for the day, I'm going to live my life in a manner worthy of Jesus, Lord. Well, help me do that. It's almost a prayer too, isn't it? It's not so much it's a command, but it's also a prayer that this is what we desire. God help us to do that. And the great things about Philippians is that we see that Paul is passionate about this, isn't he? If you look at verses 1 through chapter 1, that first couple of one that Ben said, he prays that their love abounds more and more and more. And I pray for you continuously. Paul is passionate for his people. Passionate for them to know God and love God and to trust God. And to have that joy that comes from that, that's Snoopy showing a bit of joy, uh, that the joy comes from that when we have that complete confidence in God. 
So the second part of Philippians from verse 11 onwards there and 12 onwards is about having that complete confidence in God, having that trust in Him. Trust is a must. Uh, it's a nice little phrase that uh, Jenny just shared with us, isn't it? Trust is a must that goes through this, but we can trust it because God is trustworthy. Because He is the one who loved us so much, that gave up Jesus for us, and He just doesn't leave, but He gives us His Spirit to live for Him now, and His eternity is to secure. And we know that because Jesus lived, died, and rose again, and we can have that confidence. It's hard when we think we're in the middle of it, but God is there in the middle with us. He doesn't leave us there. I thought there was a nice little uh, phrase, isn't it? God is knowing that God's got your back and your front and your sides and everything, hasn't he? What John mentioned earlier about that God's going to complete what he started. He doesn't leave us to just do that. He runs with us. Uh, Jesus is with us in all of that. And then if you look in chapter 2, Paul uh, goes on and says, doesn't he, that uh, that is because we have a God who in humility came to be like us. Verses 1 to 11 is a beautiful hymn, really, uh, about who Jesus is and what he's done, that he came and lived amongst us. The one who spoke the world, who God spoke and Jesus acted and the world came into being, the all-powerful, almighty, humbled himself to become like us. And his humility is to be our humility. And humility isn't weakness, is it? If you could tell you that Jesus is weak, you've got it completely wrong, haven't you? Humility is strength. It's humility in coming and living amongst us that Jesus did for us. There's a nice quote that we had from C.S. Lewis, wasn't it? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. So humility doesn't say that you're thinking that you're worse off than what you are. Uh, Humility is just saying that you think of yourself less. You think of other people, you turn your minds to them, you turn your minds to what's going on for them. You stop the spiral from spiralling into your own self-indulgence and you start looking out to what's happening around you. Because you find joy in bringing joy to others. So often we think, isn't it, that joy is just about getting what we want, but actually God shows that our joy is found as we bring joy to those that are around us, that he's placed around us. Because that's what he's done for us, hasn't he? He stepped in and done what's best for us in Jesus. As we do that for others, then we find joy. And all of it has its spotlight on Jesus. Everything brings it in on him, doesn't it? That's where Benny was talking about too, isn't it? Uh, that we are to be who we are. So the wonderful thing in Philippians, he tells us that we're a couple of things, doesn't he? says that we're loved by God, says we're ambassadors for God, and says that we're citizens of heaven. And so he's saying that we are to live that out, that we are to live who we are. That is who we are in Jesus. We are to live that out in the world around us. We're to be shining like stars in the universe. And uh, I shared a little illustration with you about uh, uh, there was a famous author who was sitting once in his uh, room and he was looking out as, uh, in London as the people went around and lit the lanterns around the city and all the, the lights as they came on. 
And he, the mother asked him, he says, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you looking at? And he says, I'm watching someone punch holes in the darkness. It's great, we're punching holes into the darkness, aren't we? That's us. We're going to punch holes into the darkness. We're to be light in a world that does seem dark and does seem desperate. That's who we are. Citizens of heaven, ambassadors of Jesus. We are loved by God. And as we live lives worthy of him, we'll punch holes into the darkness. And then that Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9, it's wonderful. I've just summarised it there for you. And the peace of God that transcends all our understanding will be, be with you and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we trust, isn't it? As we trust. And as we do that, we have contentment. That was our little one from last week. Uh, Paul says to him, he says, after he's handed everything over to God in prayer, after he says that we turn our minds to everything that is on about God, he says, even in the fact that he's in house arrest, he's been bashed, he's been belted, he's, he's got nothing, even in amongst that, he says, I can have contentment because God gives us the power and the strength to live for him in every circumstance and every situation. It's his power that works through us to enable us to do that. And we can say that it's well with my soul, can't we, in the middle of that. This term, for a number of us, we've got to the end of it and we've had some amazing joy over the last couple of days. But if you've gone back a couple of months for us, it has probably been one of our hardest years ever. As a family here, we have been rocked by some stuff that's happened amongst us. We've been rocked by some things that have happened amongst our families. We've felt that pain. We've felt the fact that we're in a broken world, haven't we? And some of us have probably been feeling that for longer than that. But I think as a church family, we've really experienced that in the last couple of months. And those verses come through, don't they? That we can have contentment because God is the one who works his power through us to enable us to have that. Now, some of us, uh, Dean put out a song for us uh, right in the middle of all of that that really spoke to him. And I've been talking about it a bit for a week, but some, some of you probably haven't been able to see it or watch it. It's a great uh, song by Mercy Me called Even If. I thought it'd be a nice one for us just to watch now and then we'll wrap it up right after that. Watch and listen to it. It's on the clip, that's it. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, Right now I'm losing back I've stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright But right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring What? Well. 
of what God has done for us and speaks that he's always got us, doesn't he? And then we can trust in him in all of that. And right at the end of Philippians, Paul says to us in verse 20, I think, and then verse 23, that it's all for the glory of God and it's all by the grace of God. Everything is to shout how great he is and everything is from his grace and his goodness. Because you see, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus is enough. So whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to praise you and thank you 
uh, that you allowed Paul and that you spoke through Paul and Paul wrote down this book of Philippians to the people in Philippi. I want to thank you, Lord, that it's being uh, kept and now it's passed on and down to us. Something that was written almost 2,000 years ago, Lord, just resonates so much with us now. And it resonates, Lord, for, uh, with us because it's your word, your powerful word, your trustworthy word, word Lord, your faithful word to us. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'll continue to have your word penetrate our hearts and our lives, that your spirit will take it and drive it into us, Lord, that our hearts and our minds will be transformed, Lord, to be more like Jesus every way. And that in that, Lord, we will know and be able to test what your will is, your good and perfect will for us, Lord. Because we're not finished, Lord. You've got us. And you're going to take us to the end, to your end. And within it, Lord, you do that through your grace and your mercy. And you provide everything that we need in Jesus. And we're going to praise you and thank you for that, Lord. We look forward to living that out here, now on this earth. And Lord, we look forward to living that in perfection with you for eternity in heaven. Where these old bodies will be gone and our new glorious bodies will be there. And rejoicing will be everything that we want to do. Rejoicing in you, rejoicing with each other. Because, Lord, then we'll know completely and fully that Jesus is enough. Heavenly Father, we pray these things in the wonderful and glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ.